Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I'm your host, Shane Bacon. In this episode of the Clubhouse with Low Amateur of the Masters, Stuart Hagestead is brought to you by Ogio. Have you guys given the Ozone Stand Bag a look? Because if you haven't, you should. Seven pockets, including a water-resistant fleece pocket for your valuables and phones, ensures those bad boys are safe, plus a sleeve for your GPS device. Their shocks, full suspension straps, say that three times fast, makes walking comfortable and the look is as sleek as you'd want. Ogeo golf bags are the way to go. No matter if you're a walker or a rider, visit Ogeo.com right now and check out their entire selection. And yes, the Masters has come and the Masters has gone, but that doesn't mean the PGA Tour season is over. PGA Tour Live ramps back up this week. Make sure you sign up for PGA Tour Live at pgatourlive.com for nearly 400 extra hours, 400 extra hours of golf coverage it's only $39.99 for the entire year. This week, starting at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, Russell Henley, Martin Keimer, Matt Kuchar, Graham McDowell, Ernie Els, Luke Donald. On Friday, you get Brant Snedeker, Davis Love, Jim Furyk, Mark Leishman, Adam Hadwin, Brennan Grace. That's a good lineup following a major championship like the Masters. So check that out, PGATourLive.com. Hope you enjoyed our wrap of the Masters on Monday. Uh, if you get a second, check out the Alan Shipnuck uh, piece he wrote for uh, the cover story for SI. It's one of the better pieces I've seen on uh, really what happened uh, th- that Sunday at the Masters with Sergio Garcia finally winning his first ever major championship. I know the gar- golf world is pretty enthused by that. I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of players were happy to see Sergio finally get that major championship. Of course, Justin Rose so, so close, but Sergio finally gets it. So we move on to Aaron Hills. I know... We at Fox are fired up for Aaron Hills, of course. I know it's going to be a great venue. Plenty to come for that as we sit some 68 days away from the U.S. Open. A lot of golf between here and now, but uh, enough from me. I I really had a fun conversation with this young man. He just turned 26 on Monday following, of course, being low amateur at the Masters. And uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I'll say that. I mean, you can tell why he's a good player because... Uh, he kind of looks at the world, I mean, I feel like from, you know, 100 feet back, and he kind of knows and says the right stuff and knows and says stuff and gets the game, gets the history behind it. So here we go. Let's get to our guest. Hope you guys are having a great post-Masters week. And we welcome into the clubhouse a uh, a man that, I mean, I just, I don't even know how you say it. A, a man that's had, I would probably guess, the best uh, week of his life, Stuart Hagestead. Just turned 26 years old on Monday. Uh, the week before, one you'll probably remember for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it's was. it been a pretty strong week. Um, <laughs> it's definitely going to be tough to beat. <laughs> well, I ask all the professional golfers that come on the podcast um, a question to get it going, and uh, I'm asking you as well because, in my opinion, you're ranking right sure. up there. What have you had to eat today so far? Um. I've had a pretty productive day. Um, let's see here. It's Tuesday. I woke up, had a coffee, some OJ, some pre-workout. I worked out. Then I had a breakfast burrito with avocado because I'm from California. Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going with right now. I don't know. Lunch is coming up, so I'll probably get some kind of chicken. Are you, ba- are you back at work, or are you in New York? Are you back home in California? No. So this is, this is a common, I guess, misconception or something that was going to – Right, grazed over, and I wasn't going to correct Jim Nance on national TV. But um, when I won the mid-am, after the elation had kind of worn off, I went to my boss two or three weeks later, 
and I kind of said, you knew that I was going to take some time off from April until July um, before, you know, going to graduate school, um, you know, to play the national amateur, national amateur schedule to see, um, you know, if I could position myself and earn the opportunity for a team event in September. But when I won the mid-am, that moved my timetable up a little bit because in New York, it's obviously, you know, during the wintertime, January, February, March, difficult to prepare for the Masters. And my boss couldn't have been cooler. He was so understanding and he kind of said, look, take, you know, from January on, go get ready. You're going to be going down south. You're going to play in some amateur events. Whatever we can do to support you, go ahead. And he was unbelievable. It was really cool. So, so you, no, I'm at home in Newport and I'm not at work. <laughs> well, you, in, in a way, you are, I mean, you are kind of at work. I mean, I was going to get to it a little bit later, but you sure. do you have your amateur schedule for the rest of the year mapped out? Because if it looks like what I, I read, do. like on it, it is on paper, I'm not sure you're going to be doing a ton of work the next few months. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, I went to my boss and, and, and I kind of, you know, we had lunch together and I basically said like, it's a disservice to you and to me to try and balance the two of them out. This is what I want to do. This is my goal. This is my dream. I'm 25. I'm planning on going to graduate school. The timing of this couldn't be more perfect. I don't have a family. I don't have kids. It's a very unique time in my life where I have an amazing opportunity, and I want to see if I can accomplish you know, these goals that are things that I'll take with me to the grave. So um, as I said, you know, the timing of it is very unique and, and very, very you know, fortunate in, in, in my favor. But at the same time, you know, if I was going to go out and try and do this, I wanted to do it the right way and put all my energy and focus into it. Well, if we were writing up a, a movie, a golf movie, which I know there's some coming out soon, but, you know, I mean, it, it, an amateur coming in, first mid-am, you know, makes the cut at the Masters, wins low amateur the day before his birthday. It almost seems a bit silly when you think about it. What cloud are you currently on, you know, two days after Masters Sunday, and how long do you think it's going to be till you go down a couple notches? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's been pretty special. But I mean, to to share the week, look, what I did, you know, and I and I played great for four days, but to have the opportunity to play in the Masters and and to have made the cut with my friends and family and people that have supported me for my entire life, um, you know, it's it's pretty special. And and on Sunday afternoon, I didn't know where I stood in the low amateur race, and my caddy asked me, "Hey, you know, do you want to know? I can find out." And I said to him, I was like, listen, we're playing Augusta National, my favorite place in the world, on Masters Sunday. It's a perfect, beautiful day. Let's play the best we can. But I think part of growing up is understanding where you stand. And I said to him, more importantly, let's enjoy this walk and let's let's really kind of kind of look around and enjoy this because this is pretty special. Well, did you have goals set like before the week started? I mean, was this one of your goals or did you just did. go into it that with that with that mentality? I did. Um, my goal to start the week was to finish in the top 12 so that I could earn the opportunity to play again next year. Well, you didn't quite get that, but you did, as we mentioned, you did win Loam. And uh, you're, you're, you're in the financial business a lot of the time. Have you had a chance to look and see what you would have cashed if you had have been, had been a professional? Uh, $52,593, <laughs> I think it was. I had it right. written down. I, it's, close, it was close to 53. I know that. Yeah, it was. I, I have it as fifty six six fifty. I mean, it's crazy to think that that you know that the that's options out there tax, do it. But I mean, that's before tax. Yeah, that's before tax. That's right. I mean, you know, you're an amateur golfer. Jim Nance asked you this, sure. you know, in 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 Butler sure. Cabin. You answered it. I thought incredibly well, saying, you know, these guys are really good. You're, you're twenty, just turned twenty six. You know, on Monday, 
and I mean, we have to ask, I mean, is, is the professional thing a go at some point or are you okay, you know, for lack of a better term, being a professional amateur? Uh, yeah, no, that's a great question. And, um, you know, again, the, the question that Jim asked, you know, is there any ambition to turn pro? I can sincerely answer that I have absolutely no ambition to turn pro. I, I love competitive golf. I love playing and competing. I love playing the game. I love practicing. But at the same time, um, professional golf is really, really hard. And I don't want, you know, my elation from, from playing well this week on a very, very difficult golf course to kind of taint my impression of just how good those guys really are. Like, there's a reason that they're on tour. They're the real deal. Um, I was lucky enough to be at the Walker Cup practice session with the best amateurs in the country, and I've been lucky enough to play in seven U.S. AMs. Um, these kids are the real deal. And um, I, I think it's important to take a step back and, and to realize that because at the same time, even though I can't or won't elect to turn professional, amateur golf is pretty fun. You know, I, I look at the group that's there and I've, I won't name names, but I've become friends with a good, you know, selection of them. And, you know, as I mentioned on TV, to have the opportunity to represent competitive golfers around the country um, is, is an absolute dream come true. And to have played well, is even more of a dream come true, but um, no, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the position that I'm in, and and hopefully I can continue to uh, to represent that group. Well, you know, I I did the mini tour thing for a couple of years. I was I was <clears throat> maybe a couple of years younger. Brutal. Than, yeah, it's it's people just don't get it. You know, they 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 look at pros. They look at you, for instance. I mean, you're 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 as perfect an example as this is. It comes. I mean, you have a ton of game. Obviously, you can play with the best in the world. And you know, make the cut and finish in the middle of the guys that made the cut. I mean, very, very impressive stuff. But you know, there's 50 guys that kill it in this business, and then there's 150 guys that do really well, and then maybe there's 300 that have a great life financially, and then after that, there's what 20,000 that are trying to join that group. I mean, it is a really, really oh, brutal business. Literally. So I actually played in a couple Golden State Tour events here in Arizona. Guy, I'm sure you know the Golden State Tour. Um, to help me prepare for the Masters just because I wanted – you can practice and hit balls and, and play all you want, but until you have a scorecard in your pocket, it doesn't really make a difference. So even though I was playing mini tours, which obviously didn't, I guess, have the prestige or the crowds or you know the conditions that Augusta National and the Masters had, I wanted to at least stay competitive and test my game against guys that do this for a living. And the reality is, is there are so many guys – there are literally, as you mentioned, thousands of guys – who are so good, who weren't first-team All-Americans and can't miss prospects out of school. Um, it, it's absolutely incredible and wild just how many great players are out there. And, and there were a couple times where I would be at these mini-tour events, and I'd kind of look around, and I'd be like, I almost I don't want to say feel bad for them because it'll come off with the wrong connotation, right. but like, do you really want to make this your life? I mean, I love playing golf, but I'm very, very lucky to be in a position where I am. And I think that if if I'm lucky and I position myself correctly and I, you know, set my goals high and complete those goals, I can have just as much fun in a professional, you know, career in playing competitive amateur golf as I ever could, you know, playing professionally. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, there was a moment, I, I remember my first, and I've told this story, I'm sure people get sick of hearing it, but my very first mini tour event that I played in on the Gateway Tour out in Arizona I birdied the last two holes to shoot 68. And I mean, I was so pumped that I'd shot that number. I mean, I was playing with a guy that just qualified for the U.S. Open. I was all excited. And I was putting on the green later that afternoon, just getting ready for the next day again with some guy that had been doing it forever. 
And I said, you know, how'd you play? And he said, I played okay. Well, I look on the board later, he shot 65, you know? I mean, he said, I played okay, and he shoots, you know, he shot seven under. I mean, it is it is a mix of guys that have the ability on any given day to shoot some incredibly low number. And like you said, it's a grind because you're playing for now, you know, eight grand, 12 grand, 15 grand. It's, it's just not as, as sexy, I think, as a lot of people think it is. And it's just funny when you hear, hey, you should turn pro. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I could, but I'll just be yeah, happy no, doing I this. I mean, look, if, if, you, if you get to the PGA Tour and you shoot 70 for every round for the rest of your life, you're going to have a pretty good career. <laughs> just ask Jim Furyk. Right. But... But getting to the PGA Tour is is a literal putting contest, and it's, as you just said, and you know to kind of snowball and, and you know coattail off what you just said, it's very very difficult to get to that level, and there are literally thousands of kids whose goals that it that that is. Um, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's a it's a very challenging tour to get to, and if you get to the web, you know that's fun because it's obviously very competitive, and you know you'll you'll do well financially, but. What really scares me, I think, more than anything else is, so let's fast forward, you know, five years and say that I do, or I did turn pro, and I had some success in year one, and year two, I struggled a little bit, and years three and four, you know, I didn't play my best, I was frustrated with my game, I was looking at friends of mine who were moving up on the corporate ladders, beginning to raise families, they have plenty of money, where do you go? And, and more than that, if you elect to go and try and get your amateur status back, forget the waiting game, and that comes with it. But golf is something that I have loved and truly enjoyed doing as a release for me since the day you know I started playing the game. I would never want something that I genuinely love so much to become a burden and something that I didn't look forward to doing. Right. And, and I feel like it, a lot of mini tour players, that is what happens to them later on in their career. Well, in fact, I, mean, I had dinner with one of them last it, night, and I won't say his name, <laughs> but I, I can tell now that he's not playing for checks anymore. He is enjoying the game so much more than he did before. Yeah, it's it's not a job. I mean, you know, jobs are jobs. I mean, they're you know, I mean, it's like I love doing this stuff, but I also like you know, I mean, in a, in a weird way, I mean, I like getting away, go play eighteen holes with Buddy, or you know, go in and have a beer with a friend. I mean, you know, it, you're getting away from what you do for a living. So, I mean, I, I do like your your outlook on it at, at, at a twenty six year old. I was going to ask how many on Sunday evening when you finished up, how many messages mm-hmm. did you have on your phone when you got back, and who was the most random or surprise message you got on your phone postmasters i'll be honest i put my phone away on sunday between that and my birthday on (laughs) sunday i was just like honestly i'm dealing with this when i get home right um i had just north of 800 texts oh my goodness last night um i don't know 80 emails who knows how many Facebook notifications and Twitter things? A bunch of clowns on Twitter thinking I'm anchoring or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, and I, was, I wanted to get to that too. What 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 was that about? I mean, you. So I don't know. To, I, look, I care much much more about the opinions of my peers and right. all amateur golfers around the country than than any you know anyone sitting at home. If they want to make that opinion, that's their prerogative. You know, that they're entitled to that opinion. But if Daniel Berger and Brian Stewart and Larry Mize sign my scorecard. And they're the ones that are out there, and they know that nothing funky is going on. Look, in amateur golf, you can't really get away if there's anything that's even close. Because it's just not a conversation you want to have. And frankly, I respect the opinions of all the great amateurs that come before me and what they they think about me and to make sure that I'm not doing anything wrong. So I read some things. I really did, and I just kind of laughed and rolled my eyes. Look, anyone that's played with me in the last 18 months knows there's nothing going on. I've been on TV multiple, multiple times and you know, there's nothing going on. That's weird. My intention from day one was to make it very, very clear, like painfully obvious 
that I in no way, shape or form was trying to cheat the system or, you know, swing it, you know, in a way that would be deemed illegitimate. So, you know, it is what it is. There's always going to be people that think the other way, but if you play with me, it's not close. Everyone knows it, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And and for people that that don't know, there was a few people on, on Twitter and, as you mentioned, you, you got a really fun uh, fun look into the troll world of the internet, which I know you're so probably so pumped you got this got to experience that. But people saying it's almost almost kind of a rite of passage. I yeah, think, I think right? so too. Yeah, now now you're famous. Way to go! I'm I'm so I'm, I'm proud of you. No, you <laughs> you know I mean you you use a long putter, and of course yeah. they. And, they and, and I'll be very honest. I mean, there's a reason I used the long putter. I struggled for a long time with the short one in college, and finally after Pac-12 one year, I became so frustrated that. I wanted to just completely essentially relearn how to putt. So I picked up a long putter. I threw down a chalk line. I did literally hundreds and thousands of speed drills. And I was just like, all right, if you roll the ball end over end and you get your speed right and you read it right, it should go in. So it really kind of reinvigorated my love for the game and it's become fun again. And um, as I said, my, my goal from day one when the anchoring band came out was well, actually, first off, I tried using a counterbalance. We found out pretty quickly that wasn't going to work. But my <laughs> goal from day one when I went back to the long putter was if we're going to do this, we're going to make sure that it's very legitimate, there's nothing funky going on, and anyone that I played with, if, if it's even close, when I first started you know, doing it the way that I do it, and I asked them, and everyone was like, Stu, we can see the top of the putter head. Right. If you had a chest, you might have a problem, but you don't. <laughs> well, you, you, know, you, know my, you know my theory on this. For, for you... Uh, Bernard Longer, McCarran. I've, I've said this from day one. You guys all need to wear the Jason Day shirts because they're so <laughs> sprayed on. You'll then then you can you can definitely see that air that that air gap. You know, if you if you all get the Jason Day shirts, you'll be good to go. Well, you know, I'm probably going to have to bang out my weekly push-ups on every other Sunday from <laughs> ten to twenty so that I develop a chest so that I can you know go out and meet girls if if they were to ever get a picture of me and see me on the internet, but. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no problem. I, I, I got you. I'm going to, I'm going to work on, work on Nike trying to, trying to fire you a couple of maybe, uh, mediums or smalls. You'll be, you'll be really excited. What's, what's the moment? It, yeah, well, as long as, they, as long as they have a collar, I'm okay with that. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, listen, that is a, that is an interesting look. I'll just say that. What is the moment that, um, when you look back and I know it, it was only a few days ago, but is, is there a singular moment when you look back over the week that you feel like in five or 10 years, you'll really remember? Well, so I'll tell a quick story. Um, what I looked forward to the most besides the week was to have my dad on the back for the par three contest. It was the single most thing that I was looking forward to most because I wanted to share that moment with him. My dad's more of an older brother than a dad to me. Um, we just have that kind of relationship. And for everything that he's done for me in my entire life, to be able to give that back to him was something that really I was looking forward to and I wanted to share with him. When it was called, I... I was devastated, but the look on his face where he's so proud and he was never going to let it show that it bothered him. But knowing him, I could tell just how devastated he was. So between that moment and after hitting the second shot on 18, after I'd made the cut on Sunday where I knew where I stood, knowing that I was going to have you know the honor of being low amateur, the hug that I shared with him and my mom was probably the thing that I'm going to remember most you know, as I look forward. Is there a golf shot you hit throughout the week? I mean, it could be a practice round as well. Is, is there a golf shot you hit that now when you go, you know, that, I mean, that was it, you know, that was my moment, you know, maybe, maybe you hit, you hit one into 18 that nearly went, didn't you? 
I think it's got to be the second shot on 18 on Friday. Yeah. Under the circumstances, knowing where I was, I had to hit like a 25-yard fade into a green that was firm as could be. Um, I guess it went up the slope, and I kind of heard the crowd. And I'm beginning to figure out, you know, kind of throughout the week, you know, how crowds would react to certain shots. And when they kind of stood on their feet and started, you know, clapping and yelling, I thought it was in. But then I went to Larry, and I was like, you know, Larry, um, you know, do you think it went in? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. If it went in, you'd feel the ground shaking, but I bet it's pretty close. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah, the, the roars, I mean, they're talked about a lot. They've been talked about for decades. But the roars mm-hmm. on on any given day when something crazy happens, the the Kucher roar at 16, I was on 10 fairway, and it, it sounds it sounds like a jet. I mean, it really does. It sounds like a jet's landing, like, and you're standing, like, on the runway. I mean, it's it's so crazy when it just starts, you know, the, the noise begins, and then it gets to that deafening moment. I, I can't even emoji, moment, I can't even imagine what it feels like to be between the ropes or be a person that actually hits a shot like you did at 18 and actually get to feel that almost, you know, go through your, your body, through your bones. Oh, I want to be very clear. The most nervous I've ever been on the golf course was Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout this week. But um, people were like, oh, you seem composed. And we, what was it like out there? And I'm like, I got to tell you, like on a scale of one to 10, I was like 14. I was fully shaking, <laughs> like every shot. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've, but, you, you, you've played in, I mean, you've played in, in like you said, you've played in, in multiple amateurs. You've played in four balls, of course, you know, yeah. winning the mid-am. But, I mean, that first sure. tee shot on, on Thursday, I mean, it had to have been running through your mind Wednesday night. I'm sure, you know, only only probably about five 6,000 times. Oh, my God. I was, I mean, five, Wednesday night, try since last September. <laughs> um, uh, no, so very, very quickly. So I'm playing with Larry Mize and Brian Stewart and both were amazing guys to play with. They all made the cut. They were so calming and it was great. And, um, so we're playing with Brian and I go last. So Larry, who played some amazing, amazing golf, watching him throw hybrids, like darts out there was so cool and so fun to watch. But Brian goes second off the first tee on Thursday. Brian stands up and you can, he's, he's, you know, he's a rookie in the masters, but you can kind of tell from his body language and his routine but he was terrified too. I mean, we, we've laughed about this, you know, after when we played together the next couple of days, but Brian steps up there and hits this thing so far, right. It nearly went on to Washington road. So <laughs> I'm like, Oh boy, I've just watched this and I'm terrified as well. You know, my ball's not going right. So right. I went left three, ended up making bogey, but um, yeah, that, that tee shot on one. Um, but it's, but at the same time, it's also what you play for. I mean, I, I was obviously nervous, but, I really tried to kind of look around and go at it with a different mentality. The people that are there are the same people that have, you know, supported you your entire life. And it's a pretty unique opportunity to be able to do what you love in front of those who love you. Well, I wanted to go back. You said September. I wanted to go back to the mid-am and, and your victory there. Knowing what comes with that victory now, how hard was it to push that out of your mind while you're playing, knowing if I'm victorious here, I will be as you said, driving down Magnolia Lane in early April? Um, at the mid? Yeah. So I usually sleep pretty well before tournaments. I've just, when everyone's like, you know, oh, you feel like you get on Christmas, or you're able to sleep. Like, I've always been pretty good. But for the mid, I was not I was really not able to sleep. I, I would sleep for 30 minutes. I'd try and fall back asleep. I mean, I, I literally worked on, like, breathing to try to get myself to go to bed. Um but, yeah, I mean, it was the first time in my life where I kind of knew what I was playing for, and I was incredibly, incredibly nervous. But um, there was one time really all day, and it was the final putt where the thought kind of ran through my head, hey, 
hey, Stu, just so you know, this is to go to Augusta. And, um, and luckily I was able to, to play well. But, um, you know, I mean, Scott Harvey is one of, if not the best mid-am in the country. Um, to play him in the finals, you know, was a dream come true for me because he's the shining standard of, of, of mid-amateur golf. And we've developed a very, very close friendship since. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been quite a ride for the last few months. So you said you have, you know, a few months off from work. When you go back to work, how many times a week or a month do you think you're going to get the email from um, some boss somewhere that says, hey, we've got this corporate scramble, you know, on, on Thursday afternoon, so we're going to need you to come on and, you know, be on our four-man team? <laughs> well, my goal, you know, uh, after July is, is to go back and to go to graduate school. Um, obviously, there's a few things that I need to work out this week because my life's been changed in a pretty significant way over the course of the last week. But, um, yeah, if I get that email, um, depends what handicap they're throwing me at. If it's a plus two, <laughs> sure. If it's a plus six, I'm out. You're like, out. I can't add value. I like I'm a gross guy. I'm a gross guy. Uh, your, your goals, big goal, uh, you're, you're a member at LCC, uh, big goals to make mm-hmm. the Walker Cup team. You, uh, I mean, knowing, you know, now how you played at the Masters, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your, your kind of resume the last, I don't know, 18 months, how in the world is Spider Miller not picking you on this team? Have you had a conversation with him yet? And how how honored would you be to to represent the the United States in that on a golf course that you play? Sure. Um, well, first off, you know, I almost I think I'm the one that I I need to fault for this because the Walker Cup isn't really something that you can kind of talk about in that light. I mean, obviously. It's a, it'd be a tremendous honor to represent the United States, let alone at my home golf club in the city where I essentially grew up. But I got it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost frustrated with, my, with, with, you know, with myself for essentially being kind of cavalier about this. Look, Spider and, 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 the, and the selection committee, they want someone that's going to represent the United States. And as many you know, individual accomplishments as I've been fortunate enough to have in the past few months, it's been amazing for me, but it's not my decision. And, and if they, you know, would like me to represent the United States, it would be an amazing, amazing honor for me. And it would be something that I never forget. But at the same time, all I can do is continue to, to build my resume and to continue to build my case that I would be, you know, a worthy candidate to represent them in the United States and amateur golfers around the country and um, that's really all I can do. And, um, you know, it would be a dream come true, but all I can do is, is control what, what I know how to do, and that's to prepare and practice and hopefully play the way that'll, you know, deem me worthy during that opportunity. Man, that was an amazing, that was an amazing answer. I'm very, I'm very impressed. I wish I had 4% of the maturity at 26 that you have. That, that, was, that was really good. I'm, 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 you know what, and I, let me just say this, since you're not going to say it, I really hope you're on the Walker Cup team because we're broadcasting for Fox, and I hope you're there because – uh, with the game you've got, if nothing else, it's going to help the U.S. Um, when are you going to pick up a golf club again? That means the world to me. So, so thank you very much. And uh, I got to tell you, the feelings are mutual. So, you know, hopefully we can do our part. But when am I going to pick up a golf club again? Well, I've got a few more emails that I want to get through. But um, so this weekend, I'm actually playing in the Stroke Play Club Championship up at LA with a couple buddies. It was a it was a commitment that I I told them that I was going to do after the Masters. They kind of said, "You sure you want to do this?" And I said, "Absolutely." Um, the Mid-Am Trophy's up there. I'd love to see the membership and to spend some time with them. So I'm probably going to go hit a few this afternoon, um, yeah. maybe pot and chip a few. I have no idea how productive I'm going to be and how many balls I'll hit, but I'm at least going to make the attempts, go to the range, and go hit a few. 
you're, um, you're gonna so, have to drag you're gonna have to drag some members out to, to to watch you over the weekend to make you to to bring back those feelings you're gonna be like where, where's the where's the galleries here I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm obviously like, yeah, exactly, right? I, I, I don't know how to play in, in front of you know, less than what, 2,000 people anymore. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, no, exactly. Hey, it's, it's the exact same thing up there. Um, I'm just looking forward to going up and, and being with people that have, you know, supported me. And I, I'm trying not to give you the politically correct answer, but it's genuinely the way that I feel. You know, it's an amazing club, an amazing membership. And same thing, like, it's Southern California weather. You get to go play a top 25 golf course in the country. Like, how could you not want to go up there and play it? I'm just, I'm fired up to get up there and see it again. So your resume the rest of the of the season, do, do you have it all laid out yet? Or not your resume, uh, your like, schedule the rest of the season? Like tournaments for the rest of the year? Yeah, which ones are you, which ones are you scheduled yeah. to play and which ones you, could you possibly add? Sure, I'm, I'm actually looking at my calendar right now. So I'll go play, um, I'll go play an event called the Coleman at the end of April, which I'm, I've been told I'm allowed to say. Um, after that, I'm going to go to Ireland and play in the Irish Amateur. So with the Metropolitan Golf Association, I went to go work in New York for two and a half years out of school in finance. And I was lucky to play in a bunch of um, you know, tournaments with the Metropolitan Golf Association. I was their player of the year last year. So what they do is this really neat deal where they take six of their guys to represent them to go play the Golfing Union of Ireland. So that'll be a team event. But as a part of that trip, we also get to go over and compete in the Irish Amateur. This year, the Irish Amateur is being played at Royal County Down. So we've got a pretty bitchin' couple weeks here in the beginning part of, uh, of May. After that, um, I believe that Fox also covers the USGA four ball. We, we do. I'm an, I'm an alternate, so you better watch out. Because if I get in, Look, you are, you are you going to be in serious trouble. I rode my partner through all of sectionals, so <laughs> don't worry about me. You're going to have to worry about my partner. Uh-oh. kid's like 3, 220. CrossFit guy, built like an ox. He hits it like 330 and has hands around the greens like Seve. So I'm riding my partner the whole time. <laughs> so you're doing that. You're doing amateur, I'm sure. And then uh, are you going to try to qualify for Aaron Hills? Uh, I am, yeah. So I'm, I'm probably going to do them in a row. I plan to play them in a row. After that, um, that's on the sixth. The U.S. Open sectionals is the fifth. Um, obviously, I'm going to try and play in the U.S. Open. But if I don't get into the U.S. Open, I'm planning to go over to – uh, the UK again to go play in the British Amateur. Um, it's just, I mean, it's at Royal St. George's, which is in, you know, the British Open rotation. Like, everyone I've talked to is like, Stu, if you can go over and play the British Am, like, that'll be incredible. You got to do it. Like, what a, which one are you going to remember more, that or, you know, some other event, you know, more in the future? You, you got to go over there right. and see it. And I need to, the last time I was over in the UK for, for Lynx Golf was when I was 15, and I don't think I was quite old enough to appreciate it yet. So I really want to go over and, and check it out again. So that, your but, lineup, really quick, your course lineup this year, I mean, this is, uh, if you had one of those pegboards, it would be filling up better. pretty it quick. Better. Then there's the Northeast, which is at Wanamoy set. If I early exit at British Ham, I'll go there. After that, I'll play the Transmiths at Prairie Dunes. <laughs> I'll most likely play the Pat Coast and at Chambers Bay. I'll start graduate school most likely, depending on what happens on the 24th. I would play the Western Amateur at Skokie, the U.S. Amateur at Riv. And then after that, um, it's kind of out of my control. So hopefully we'll, you know, do what we can. Obviously, and then go back and, and play the mid. Hopefully you can qualify for the mid, but we'll play that where I played in two plays my senior year at Capital City Club. 
So basically what I think needs to happen is right around, um, what is this, mid-September, October, I think you need to take your clubs and walk very uh, very uh, poetically out to the Pacific and go ahead and just toss those things in there because um, this has been a pretty good year for you. This has been a pretty then, good golf year go, for you. And then go straight to the bar with my buddies because <laughs> I, need, I need to go be a mid-20-year-old. That's right. Stuart, I appreciate you taking this time. I know you've been really busy. Uh, you've been very kind. Happy belated birthday. Congrats on, uh, as I've said, it was an unbelievable Masters. I, I feel like you and, you know, amateurs around that, that go into it and play well. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you finish, you know, 21st or 51st or 91st. You know, they add to the storylines that is majors and the Masters and all the history that goes around the game. So congratulations. I hope you, you got that, that silver cup all the way to, to L.A. I'm sure it was uh, probably in your possession for most of that flight. <laughs> well, yes, sir. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a dream come true of a week, and um, you know I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on. So thank you very, very much. We will catch up. Uh, let's catch up again around some of the AIM events that we're doing for Fox. It'll be uh, it'll be a good time to do that. I love it. Can't wait, and I uh, I'd love to make that happen. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Clubhouse. Make sure you sign up for our Clubhouse newsletter. Go to twitter.com slash the Clubhouse Pod. The Clubhouse Pod. Pinned right there at the top is a link to sign up. You get news on Monday. You get news on Wednesday. Occasionally, we throw one in on Friday like we did last week at the Masters. So we update you with anything and everything happening around the world of golf that you need to read, that you need to see. That's our hope. We're trying to make this easier on you so you don't have to scour the internet to find it. And a reminder, the Ozone Standbag by Ogio is a great, great product and a great addition to your golf game. It has a water-resistant fleece pocket for your valuables and for your phone. It has a sleeve for your GPS device. It has shock full suspension straps that make walking comfortable and better on the golf course. And it is a sleek look. Of course, Ogio offers bags for walkers and bags for riders. So really, any way you play, they make a golf bag for you. Visit Ogio.com and check out what they have. Also, check out those backpacks. I'm telling you, they're awesome. I see more and more around the airports when I'm traveling, and those people are smart travelers. PJ Tour Live this week, I told you about who's up. Make sure you sign up for it. It's 40 bucks. I mean, it's less than a dozen golf balls, and you get PJ Tour Live coverage all year long from all these events, and this will kick back up this week at the RBC Heritage. Many thanks to Stuart. Many thanks to all of you guys for the love and the follows and everything around Masters Week. Of course, I know it's a busy one for us in the media centers and out on the golf course, but we hope you enjoyed all the coverage that we had here at the clubhouse and, of course, through the newsletters and on foxsports.com. We have many more majors to come, many more events headed here, and many more guests. So subscribe to the podcast. We thank you guys. Go out, play a little golf this weekend. You know what? Play golf both days this weekend. I'm going to be doing it. i got a buddy coming into town. We're playing Saturday and Sunday and maybe on Monday. I actually think I'm playing on Friday, too. That's four days in a row. That's a lot of golf. I hope I make some birdies. I hope you do, too. Have a great week. 